Wisdom and reflection and self-introspection These moments in the mirror keep it all in perspective Touching minds, touching hearts, touching lives All around the world from the kings to the tribes Peace and freedom and following the father I'm the pen and the ink, he's the author We disciples with our eyes closed and our hands up Bang, tell him girl, moment with Miranda Friends, welcome back to Moment with Miranda and this time where we come together to the mirror of the Word of God to take a closer look. In God's Word, we see the way that He desires for us to live. We see the truth that frees us and we find our real life. And all of this is in Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And today, this moment with Miranda at the mirror, we're going to be talking about being seen in the dust. I hope that you'll stick around as we jump into it today. So I want to start in this moment in the book of Matthew, chapter 25 where Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the coming judgment of God on earth when he comes again in his glory. And he shares with them that all of the nations of the earth will be gathered before him, and he will begin to separate those that are his own and those that are not. He says that he will separate the sheep from the goats. To the sheep, he says, come, you who are blessed of my father and inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you since the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me sick and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And when were you thirsty or desolate? When were you naked or imprisoned? And the king will answer, truly, I say to you that when you have done it to the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. I recently heard a story from a ministry whose mission is to do just that to care for what many would consider the least of these. Those whose society casts away as nothing, or families fail to see the value in, or those who have made decisions in life that have reduced them to shells of humanity. It was a destitute house for men who had been found on the street, homeless, broken, sick, forgotten, any manner of way that they could have been left out, these men were that. Many were mentally challenged and left behind by their families who didn't know how to cope with them or were ashamed at what their children were like. Others were upstanding members of society who fell into addiction, addiction to drugs and to alcohol. But regardless of the way that they came to the home, they were all in the same state, forgotten and without identity. So this house was run by a group of people who really made it their mission to find these forgotten ones and reintroduce them 
to humanity, not just society, but actual humanity, restoring to them the honor and the dignity that each one created by God and in his image deserves to be treated with. And many of these men that were brought into this home, there have been many that have passed away, but even in their passing, they were cared for and they were given the opportunity to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that when they took their last breath, they would go to be with God. And these men and women that were found on the streets, they're given a place to stay. They were given medical treatment. They were given a father figure and a mother figure who would take care of them and lead and have compassion for them. And they were called sons and daughters being come, becoming a member of a family and receiving a home in love that they should have got but had not been the beneficiary of at that point in their lives. And the story that has inspired this moment today was one of a man who had been abandoned by his family and had ended up in this home. He wasn't just left behind somewhere because no one wanted him, but rather it was far worse in that his family tried to kill him first by throwing acid on him and then dumping him essentially in the garbage. What they did not realize was that he didn't die. And one day, as some men were digging through the trash, they saw the dust moving. So upon looking more closely, they discovered that that moving dust was an actual living, breathing man, buried, burned, but alive. And he was taken to this home for the destitute where he was cared for and compassion was given and shown and he was restored to health. He was restored to his humanity and eventually to society going back to his village all by and through the love of God displayed in the lives of the ones who cared for and loved him back to life. It, he didn't only live, but he went back to his village and then he displayed the love of what the love of God can do in a person's life, all because he himself was seen in the dust. So friends, what a deeply moving story this was for me. Not just that someone could be so cruel to a family member to toss them away like garbage. I mean, I could be very quick to pass a judgment about that. But what was moving was more so the fact that even in the dust, there was a human life that someone took the time to see the value and the potential in. The story truly hits home when I think of the words that God spoke to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden as he was punishing them for their sin. He said, it's in the sweat of your brow, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and unto dust you will return. It's kind of sobering to think that as much as I am consumed with my life and my desires, 
my cares and my concerns, my longing to make something of myself and to be seen as doing something valuable, I am truly nothing more than dust. I'm one life in a multitude of human beings, ones here now in a multitude of past generations. My brief years, as many as they are, are nothing in the span of time, and particularly in eternity. I can really echo David's words when he says, What is man, O Lord, that you are mindful of him, the son of man, that you should visit him? We are nothing more than flowers that quickly fade away. We're like the grass that withers. We're a vapor that's here today and gone tomorrow. We're made of the dust. Well, that sounds super uplifting, doesn't it? Aren't you glad that you tuned into this moment today? But I think that it's important that we take time and understand that our lives here are brief. It's important for us to take stock and to number our days, to remember God and to know that as much as my life is all about me and I'm consumed with it, it's really not. And as a child of God, I have a responsibility to steward the days that he's given me the best that I can. And I have the privilege to live with intention because for as much as it can seem in the span of eternity, I have no significance that that's not true because I've been purposed and made by the creator who is nothing less than intentional with every life that he has created. When I think about seeing the dust moving in a garbage heap and discovering that it was in fact a human being under there, I can't help but think of when God originally created man. If we go to the book of Genesis chapter 2 verses 4 to 7, it says that these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. In every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. We are a society, we're living in a culture today that seems to be placing an undue amount of attention on the earth and the animal kingdom. We see save the environment everywhere. And that is not a bad thing. We should be good stewards of the earth that God has given. But in so many ways, nature and the animals have been given a place higher than mankind. The whale is more esteemed than a human life, the tree more protected than an unborn child. Here in America, we see commercial after commercial telling us to care for the pet population and abused animals. And before they're extinct, we need to make sure that we're watching out. And at the same time, we can turn a channel and see people chanting, my body, my choice. 
not affording the same quote-unquote rights to the life within the belly. We have exalted the creation more than the creator and we've left off what really matters. Yes, care for the earth and the animals, but priceless value and dignity for humankind, the ones who were the crowning achievement of all of creation. As much as David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? He answers the question and he says, you've made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with honor and dignity. You have put all of creation underneath his feet. What is it that gives us dignity and infinite value to God greater than all of the rest of creation, which is wonderful and has been called forth by God? Were we all not made into being by God? See, the scripture calls both mankind and animals living beings. It says that man became a living soul. It's the same with the animals. They're called living beings. But what's the difference then between mankind and the animal kingdom? The difference is the breath. The scripture tells us that God breathed into the dust that he formed into a man. The breath of life. Wow. Just listen to the breath for a minute. In the New English translation of the Bible, there's this wonderful explanation of this breath of life. It says that the Hebrew word for breath here is used for God and for the life imparted to humans, not animals. It's more than just a breathing, living organism, but whatever it is given to become alive with life that comes from God. It has spiritual understanding and a functioning conscience. Human life here is, quote, described as consisting of a body made from soil from the ground and breath given by God. So with the breath comes understanding and conscience. The difference between man and animals is the breath of God that gives life and understanding. Job 32, 8 says that there is a spirit in a man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding or intelligence and discernment. And the word inspiration here is the same word for breath. To God, man is more than just dust given the ability to walk around and live and procreate. With the breath of God came not only life, but an impartation of the nature of God, his intelligence, his intentionality. God did not just give life to man to walk around, but he gave himself. Wow. I think this is an amazing moment if we can let it be. If we can really consider that this is the intention of God when he made man. Not just another creature, but like himself. What do we read in the scriptures? This is nothing new, friends. He said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. 
no other part of creation was given such a dignity and value. Man was seen in the dust as more than dirt. He was seen alive with the breath of God. Whoa. So we could say that was Adam. He was the only one formed out of the dust. Eve came from his side and all other humanity has come from other people. But let us consider for a moment then the miracle of a human life within the womb. The creative ability of man and woman and yet the life of God necessary. Apart from one another, the egg and the sperm cannot perpetuate life. They need to be joined. And in that joining, there's this window of viability for that life to take place. It's something like 12 hours. Now, every time a sperm is present or sperm is present with an egg, there's not a guarantee of life. Otherwise, there would probably be way more babies than there are right now. See, there has to be a factor outside of just viability and presence that forms life. I would argue that there has to be the breath of God. Whoa. <laughs> Friends, think about the intention with which you and I were created. Essentially, we are just like the dust that Adam was formed out of. Without the influence of an outside force upon it, it would have remained lifeless. It would have remained dirt. Without the influence of the divine breath upon an egg and a sperm, there would be no life. Before we were formed in our mother's belly, we were seen in the dust. This is the value of every life. The fact that it was given by God and along with the life given by God was not just the ability to be living, but also the ability to make choices and to have moral understanding. This is something that the animal kingdom cannot do. Adam and Eve, they exercised this gift that was given to them by God. And using their choice, they chose to listen to the voice of another separating themselves and all of mankind from the presence of God. We lost the glory of living and dwelling in the presence of God, fully unveiled and being fully known. And we're sentenced to work the face of the earth from which we came into which we would return. And it seems harsh that God would give life only to just take it away. It seems that he must be double-minded or schizophrenic or something. In fact, though, he is not double-minded or changeable at all, but he is faithful to himself and he is faithful to his own nature, the nature that he is holy and that he is just and that he can't dwell with sin, nor was he willing to leave man in a state of eternal separation. So he made a way for us in Christ to come back into his life. He still saw value in the dust. 
And he stopped at nothing to bring us back to himself. So where does that leave you and me today? I think that we have to first see our own infinite value and worth. If we cannot, how can we see it in other people? We'll be no better than the family that left their loved one covered by garbage, thinking that they were dead. We will never be able to see the life in the mess if we don't know that ours was no different. Truly, any sin is ignorance. Sin is ignorance to the truth in the life of God. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. We can look at things that happen in our lives and say they knew what they were doing. And to some degree, people are very aware of what they're doing. And yet, if they really knew, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. So, so often we can't operate or display how Christ is if we don't know for ourselves first who we were and what he actually did that gave us life and called us out of the dust. See, no matter what state in which we were that we came to the Lord, whether it was at the end of our rope, addicted and forgotten, um, abusing ourselves, or at the height of holiness, surrounded by stained glass, being a model of Christian virtue and witness and really self-righteous, we were still lost in our own dust. We were dead without the life of God given to us through Christ. To be born again, to be born of the Spirit means that I have received the seed of God, the breath, the life of God to be made new. It was God that gave life to the seed of faith within us. And oftentimes, he used others who saw our value before we did. He used people to speak our value, to speak the truth of what we could be with Christ and in Christ louder than what we were presently experiencing or participating in. I think of Jesus and the many times that he spoke into people's lives. Peter comes to my mind right away. He was little more than self-righteous, proud dust, a dirt bag, if you will. And yet Jesus called his name. Jesus spoke to him the truth that there was more. He said, Peter, Satan has desired you. He wants to have you and to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. That your faith would not fail. And when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. When you become who I know that you are, empowered by my life and by my spirit, you will be able to confirm, to make firm others around you. When the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus to touch his garment and to be healed. He didn't see this unclean woman who had no right to touch him and approach him, who moved outside of the bounds of societal propriety or religious instruction. That this woman that had no right to come, he didn't see her as that unclean person. He saw a daughter 
who had lost her identity and was losing her life. And he called her out of the dust into wholeness. The woman who was bowed down with the spirit of infirmity was not just seen as one with no rights to healing, no rights to be summoned down, down from where she was seated in the synagogue and especially on the Sabbath day. But she was seen as a daughter of Israel. He said a daughter of Abraham, one in covenant with God and given the rights of one of his very own created to be free from bondage. This is how Jesus saw her. What about the man who laid at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years? He was not passed by because of his failure to reach the pool. He wasn't tossed aside because of lack of good performance. He wasn't looked upon as weak and unworthy being made to stay where he had been. But he was seen where he was and called up to believe for more. Jesus modeled for us someone who lived unto God, someone who knew where they had come from, who knew where they were going, and who knew what they had been given. He modeled how to love someone back into true humanity and dignity that comes from him, to call out identity. He modeled how to see in the dust. I can tell you, friends, the ones who ran the home for the destitute that I shared about in the beginning of this moment, they modeled Christ. They modeled the one who would leave the 99 and go for the one. They modeled the one who didn't look at outward appearances, but looked on the heart and what was buried beneath. In their own way, they gave breath back to the lungs like Ezekiel prophesied to the valley of dry bones and told them to live. Friends, I feel so strongly in this moment today to ask the Lord to help me to see what he sees in other people. It is easier to see dry bones and say, man, that looks so dry than to actually see those bones alive and to actually see them living unto God and living into identity and called up out of the dust. I'm praying that God would help me to see people, not the garbage heap, not the dust, but the humanity undercover, the life of one created in the image of God but in need of being restored to identity and restored to family, one in need of the breath of God. And just maybe God would use me and maybe he would use you to be the one to call that out, to see in the dust and to impart to them the seed of the life of God and to pray that God would give them breath. What about you today? Why don't we pray this together? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the challenge of your word and the simplicity of the gospel that you see the unseen and that you love the unlovely. It's truly the story of all of us, no matter how good 
we think that we are. That sin has touched all of mankind and the breath has been lost for all of mankind. But Father, just like someone spoke and saw life within us when we were without it, God, may we be people who see in the dust. May we be like our creator who looked to the dust of the ground and saw Adam, a living being made in your likeness, given your same nature, the ability to be as you in character, to love and to care and to nurture. Father, this is what you restored to us in Christ. And I ask that you would teach us to live modeling this truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for joining me for this moment with Miranda and a look into the mirror of the Word of God. I feel like a little bit of dust has been cleaned off today, and I sure hope that it has for you as well. Uh, Prayerfully, you'll join me again next time. For another moment with Miranda. God bless you.